verses 7 through 9. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then uh, there's, of course, some scriptures in between there, but we'll get back to those for the sake of time. We're going to uh, just read these uh, next couple. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, as Janus and Janbrus withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Amen. All right, and uh, I'd like to uh, title this uh, lesson here this evening is Trick or Truth. I don't know who's photo that is here, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> 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 Probably need to take that down real quick before the drones come in and, <laughs> and they get us. But, uh, <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> Interesting, uh, I, I know you probably have read that several times also, but according to Paul, these two characters, Janus and Ombre, or whatever you want to call it, I don't know, right? they were, according to tradition, these, these mention of these two gentlemen here, you want to call them gentlemen, they're not found in Scripture, only in this one place. In other words, Paul makes reference to them and, uh, as being uh, making reference to their two top magic men of Pharaoh in Egypt during the time that, that uh, Israel was coming out of Egypt. And so this, um, according to what I have uh, studied anyway, these, uh, the, these two names really come down from Jewish tradition. And uh, so you you gotta just think about that for a moment. I mean, coming down for from stories that have been handed down for generations, and Paul is pretty much convinced that these two were the names of these two guys. But what we find here in Exodus, we find when Moses, remember when Moses threw down his rod, okay, this was of course God had given him authority and by, with signs and different things, but when Moses threw down his rod, what happened in front of Pharaoh? He turned to a snake. Yeah, yeah and or then, serpent, more appropriately. but then what, what happened also? Same time. Right, right. So, there, there was two of Pharaoh's top guys, and they came and they threw what they said, well, hey, we can do that. So, Apparently they threw him down. They turned into serpents also. But, but the Bible says that Moses, it says, how's it worded? Ate him up. Yeah. And then also, 
the first two miracles, okay? First two miracles. There was 10 of them, okay? First two, one, first one was the blood, rivers, water turning into blood. The second one was frogs. We're told that at least in some part that these two, who Paul names, these two were involved in reproducing like what Moses did. We don't know, you can read the story, we don't know exactly, uh, you know, on the scale and the magnitude, we don't know, but the Bible says that they were able to do that. And then, of course, each time Pharaoh's heart was hardened, the third time, God said, Moses, this time, there's going to be lice everywhere. Lice everywhere. How many of you ever had lice? Don't raise your hand. But, but the, the third time, Moses takes a rod and there's lice everywhere. Lice everywhere. And the magicians tried it and they couldn't duplicate it. And here's what they said to Pharaoh. They said, Pharaoh, we tried, but this is the finger of God. And so Paul is making reference to a particular time. If you would now, Brother Cliff, put that up there, 2 Timothy 3 and 1. Okay, and now let's look at it, right? So he's drawing a, you know, a, a, a parallel here between the two. He's using those two names. He says, and know this, that in the last days perilous times are going to come. Okay, I, I know he wasn't talking about us, but whenever the last days are, whenever those are, probably, you know, four or five hundred years from now, probably, right? <laughs> Verse number two. Let's go down through them real quick. Okay. No. Starting at verse number two. Yeah. In fact, if, if uh, somebody's got their Bible and their quick draw. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We want you to stand and read it, okay? All right, here we go. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Should we stop there? No. Unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. False accusers. Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. And then... For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then what we read to you, and he says that it will only go to a certain point, just like they did during the time that God said, I'm going to take my people out of bondage. 
He says, I'm going to do it. And Pharaoh says, you're not going to do it. And his two top guys says, we can do exactly what you do. But there came a point where God said, okay, you can't do what I can do. You can't do what I can do. And and it really, there, there's three plans, all right? God's got a plan. Are you thankful that God's got a plan? Amen. And if those of us that are here, okay, I hope anyway we can all say, and I'm part of God's plan. Amen. All right? And then the adversary, the evil one, has a plan. He's got a plan. Okay? And he is working his plan. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says that, and he knows that he has a short time. And then men have plans. Okay? Now, men, there are men that don't accept the idea that your plans aren't going to get anywhere. Really. You're the only plan. Listen, the best of your plans without God, all right, listen carefully. The best of your plans without God are going to end up six feet under. Unless you align yourself with the plan of God. And with the plan of God, it doesn't stop. In fact, this is only the beginning. The plan of God includes you and I, but our stopping place isn't planet Earth. Now I don't know I don't know where heaven is, right? I have no idea. How far away is it? When there's when there's stars and galaxies that are few billion light years away. Where's heaven? Just a question, right? So, so anyway, Paul is, is drawing and he's trying to get us to understand that there's going to be a day, alright, a time that people are going to be living in and he describes what we read and I don't think now, of course, they have been teaching and preaching that that day was their day for a long time. Right? They have. I mean, we've got to admit it. And, but I think today we can look at it and the lens is just a little bit clearer today. And so here's what their, their names mean, okay? These two men's names, just to give you an idea, their names come from Jewish tradition and mean rebel and opponent. Rebel and opponent. The spirit of Cain. Okay? Your adversary. Alright? So, that's what uh, that's what in my study, that's what these names uh, 
mean. But Paul says that they had depraved minds, and as far as faith, they were rejected after testing. They lost control because they never had control. Okay? So we have one group of people, Egypt, they lost their confidence in their God. But they had another group, Israel, that they gained confidence in their God because he delivered them. Now, those miraculous signs and wonders that were performed by Moses and Aaron, I mean, we can't even imagine seeing those kind of things happen by the hand of God. I mean, you can't even you can't even really imagine it. But even in Jesus' day, there were those that were following. Notice Matthew 16, 1 through 4. We're not going to read it all, but I'll just the Pharisees and Sadducees, they asked for a sign. They said, show us a sign from heaven. Herod, the Bible says, when Jesus was on trial, the Bible says that Herod was anxious for him to come because he always wanted to see him do a miracle. And, but we are not sign seekers. We are truth seekers. Okay? People, and listen, everybody today is talking about it. There's signs, I mean, signs and wonder. Listen, no, no, no. You, we are not seekers after signs. We are seekers of truth. Because signs will they will deceive. And I'm going to show you a few of this. But so our our confidence, okay? Our confidence today. We have got to be confident in our God and we've got to be confident in this book oh, yes. that we call yes. the Bible. Right. Yes. Anything outside of that has the potential to lead you astray, possibly from what is coming. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay? Now, I just wanted to kind of give a, a, a quick kind of a funny story about you know trick or truth the best Halloween story that I can find in the Bible is is guess what who yeah who said that Jacob and Leah trick or truth Hello. Right? Yeah. We're not going to go into that. But now, listen carefully, though. I, I say that because, you know, 
Did, do you know that 78% of American youth between the ages of 18 and 29 believe it's okay for male and female to live together without being married? Why? Do you know one of the factors? Because their confidence in the institution of marriage is exemplified in America by 39% of moms and dads saying we ain't going to do it no more. Okay? I'm talking about confidence. Confidence in And when, listen, that's, how many of you believe that's pretty important institution, not just in, in you know, uh, in society, but according to the Word of God. It's important. But when you have 39% of a new generation that has lost their confidence, what do you expect? You understand what I'm what I'm saying? Now it, it gets better. I gotta go quick here. But now and there's been so much doubt and fear that has been passed on to the average American. I'm not sure how much confidence that next week's outcome is going to be. How many of us believe that how many of you are confident that you believe the outcome of the election is real? I don't know anymore. And here's why. Listen. They took a Gallup poll and only 44% of Republicans had confidence that it was going to be legitimate while the Democrats were 74%. That was taken this month. Wow. But my point is this. That when you start losing confidence in something as powerful and as important as the, the marriage and morality because of that, and you start losing confidence in the electoral process, of the most powerful nation in the entire world, what do you think that produces? And when, when we lose confidence in this being the absolutely divine inspired word of God, what do you think happens? And that's what their bottom line is. What you're seeing is that we are experiencing there is a casting of fear and doubt and a lack of confidence in the very foundations that are so critical to us being the people and the nation and the families that we are that is fading away. In another survey, here, here's another survey taken on 10 520, 
Only 17% of America gave Congress a passing grade. Let that sink in for a moment. That means that if my math is correct, 83% of you have no confidence in your government. No confidence in the election, no confidence in the government, no confidence in the institution of marriage. What do you have confidence? <laughs> we have confidence. We have confidence because we know that God's got the plan. He's in control and I'm one of his believers and therefore I'm in his plan and so my life is in control. Because Paul said, hey, there's a line being drawn. You are seeing all of this. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, so on and so forth, disobedient, on and on and on. But Paul says, but he says, I'm telling you, right? For my jail cell, I'm giving you the word of prophecy here, okay? I'm telling you that God has a line drawn in the sand, and all of that that's happening out there that is it, that is casting, you know, fear and doubt about your confidence and who's in control. He says, the line's drawn, folks. They can't come any further than I allow them to. Right. Amen. So, I mean, we could go on and on, but we, we don't have time to do that. So the answer is to make sure we never lose our confidence in God, the Bible, and the ministry. But as part of that, I say, I am, listen, I'm, I'm confident in God. Here's the thing. I am confident that he is competent. Yes. You know the difference? Okay? Confidence, Brother Jeff, is, let me pick on the East End. Okay? Confidence is how good he thinks he is in playing basketball. But competence is how good he really is. I am confident that God is competent. Yes, he is. He not only thinks he's good, but he knows he's good. He not only thinks he is the omnipresent, mighty God of all creation, but he knows he is. He knows he is. He said, yo, you understand I'm still the great I am. I haven't lost confidence, nor have I lost confidence in myself. He has no lack of confidence. He's got no low self-esteem. He's God. And if he can 
If he can draw the universe and throw it out there into existence, and he draws a line in the sand and says, hey, devil, I want you to know that you are not going to cross this line. Even in your lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, no names here, but a recent change by a proclaimed Christian group who leads 1.2 billion people, they are now considering change in their policy on same-sex unions. And I know there's no connection here. They also appointed their first black cardinal in the United States. I know there can't be a connection from peer pressure from society that's pushing this group, right? No, they, that's just, you know. But we've got to have confidence in the unchanging word. Psalm 119.89 Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. And Jesus said in Luke, He said, I want you to know, folks, it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away. You need to have confidence that I am competent in my words. And he says it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away than it would be for a word of my law to ever pass. Ever. It can't happen. Forever. Amen. I have complete confidence that God is competent at what He is doing. I am not always confident in what I am doing. But I have complete confidence that God is competent in what He is doing and His Word. So, if His Word says He uses the simple to confound the wise, well, guess what? I believe it. I, I absolutely, I believe that, that the donkey talked. I believe that. I believe the donkey talked. Proverbs 14, 26, 27. Listen, fear and confidence all right, you, Brother Cliff, if you would put that up there. I don't want to get it wrong here. Proverbs 14, 26, 27. Yeah, okay. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Now, you look at that. Fear and confidence are generally looked at as opposites, right? You, if you're fearful, you can't have... No. But in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. What does that mean? It means that we have such a reverence and a respect and the, of the power and the glory and the majesty of God that I am so confident in his mercy and his grace during this time 
that I can serve Him and His grace is going to be sufficient to get me through whatever life challenges come my way. That's my confidence because I've got the fear of the Lord. Not that I'm afraid He's going to hit me with a hammer, but I have I am such in, in such awe of Him. Right. Hey, anybody that can do what He does, He's got my attention. I don't know about you. Right? If you believe that He created just the earth, He's got my attention. But if you say to me from the Word of God that He created the universe and that He knows all the stars by name and you are so incredibly designed and put together that He gave you your own individual thumbprint, then I don't know about you. I got the fact I would take both knees that anybody that's got that kind of power, I say, yes, sir. I love you, Lord. What can I do for you today? Yeah. Anybody's got that kind of... But more than that, anybody that would go to the extremes that he did to save me... Oh man, if we believe that story, if you have confidence, if you really believe that the invisible God took on a robe of flesh and dwelt among us and we rejected him and he took our sins to the cross and he tasted death so that you wouldn't have to and then he conquered death, came back alive, appeared 40 days Alive, you know, doing his resurrection shuffle or whatever, and then he ascended back into the heavens, and he says, "The angel said, hey, don't worry, I'm coming back." No. My confidence, if he came the first time, and that's I'm sold on it. Okay, I know it's a story. It's a story. But it's been passed on for 2,000 years. And I believe it. And I firmly believe that if He came the first time to save me, that He's coming the second time to catch me away, that where I am, that where He is, there I may be also. I believe it. I have really a lot of confidence in God that He's going to bring it to pass. I don't think that he's lost one iota of his power. I don't believe it. He's just as strong as he ever was. His intentions is still, he's always had a plan. The plan has always been moving forward to the day that you and I live in. We're part of the moving plan of God. And he's bringing it all to pass. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Which means we understand things as we should in life. And a fear of that brings us a strong confidence in how we live, what we say, how we treat people, and how we look to the future. That's what the fear of the Lord does for me. 
I am in awe of him and I rever I, I revere him. And I surely do not want to treat anyone uh, any way other than the way he treats me. I don't want to treat kids, although sometimes kids, they need to be treated Amen. different, right? They do. Right? I don't want to treat kids any different. I don't want to treat, I don't want to treat old people any different. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Right? Hey, the way I live. The way I live. Jesus said, you don't want to fear anybody except the one that can what? Destroy the body and soul. <laughs> so, you know, what, what, what that does to me, Brother Jack, is it instills in me a behavior and lifestyle that I'm trying to, to live according to the book, which is pleasing to him. That has resulted... In 40 plus years of living for him, and I stand before you today, my wife and I, st I stand before you a very blessed man. Amen. Amen. A very simple man, but a very blessed man. Amen. And it's not because of anything that we've done other than like you all. We, I, my confidence is in God. Amen. When I wake up in the morning, I'm my confidence. I am absolutely confident the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I believe it. And if that sun comes up and he's the one that created it, I'm in quadruple more confident than him. All right. Got to go. Time is short. All right. Matthew 24. Now, here's why... We, we got to hold truth, not tricks, okay? Not, not signs. Right. We're not sign seekers. Right. We're truth seekers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm going to, I don't know how much of this we can go through. Matthew 24, 22 through 27. All right. And unless those days were short, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days would be shortened. 23. Then if anyone says, you look. Jesus has come. Or there. Do not believe it. 24. For false Christ, false prophets will rise, show great signs, signs and wonders to deceive, if possible. If possible. Yep. Even to the left. Mm. What does that mean? Does that mean what I... That, what does that mean? Okay. See, I've told... Go ahead. 26. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, do not go. Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Verse 27. For as a lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. In other words, it ain't going to be no surprise. You're going to see it in the sky. It is going to break from east to west, and the entire world is going to be aware of it. It's not going to come from some little shack out of Timbuk 3. No. You, who do you think he is? He says, when I come, 
He says, I'm going to split the sky from the east to the west and it's going to roll back like a scroll, like a book. And he says, the world is going to behold me in all of my glory. He's not, he not going to come, you know, walking out of, you know, Newport Beach somewhere. He's not going to... You know, he's not going to land in a helicopter from... Well, no, he's coming. The, he said, I'm coming the same way that I left. I'm coming in the clouds of glory. And you can have complete confidence in that. Don't believe them when they say he's over there. Don't believe them when they say he's down there. You keep looking up and you'll see me when I come. Revelation 13, 13 and 14. Go fast. There you go. He performs great signs so that he even... What? He makes what? Let me ask you something. Shrinker, truth. There's truth. What would the most common people do if there was somebody that walked on stage and they professed to be a prophet and they said, oh yeah, sure, show me. Oh, okay, what do you want to see? Is it the God that Christianity professes, the God of fire? Did not your prophet Elijah call fire? in a few other places watch me I don't know about you but I bet you the average guy they would say oh yeah <laughs> but Jeff you know when Solomon dedicated the temple the Lord fire fell down and I really think that this this man here is when they dedicate that temple and he's going to stand up there and call fire down it's going to consume that sacrifice and the world will yeah. see I, be, I agree. I believe that is a real possibility. But notice what it says there. Jesus said that he would, if you're not careful, he says he would be able to deceive the very elect. Sister Beth. I, I'm talking to myself as much as to anyone else, but it seems like it is so important that we have a personal prayer with the Lord right now where we truly have a time where we know his voice and not wait until there's a, someone that can come along and deceive us. Because if we, if you know his voice, if you're already used to communicating with him one-on-one and having those times, there's times where, you know, just really speak in tongues and have a, a time with the Lord and he'll speak to you in such a gentle way. And, and um, But now we Okay, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. Now therefore, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together, we ask you, go, not to be soon shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word, by letter, 
as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes, exalts himself above all that is called of God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, destroy the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, according to the work of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. All unrighteousness, deception, so on and so forth. And for this reason, God will send them strong. Does it feel like that people's minds have gone blind? Seriously. Really? I mean, just... Huh. For this reason. Because, go ahead, verse number 12. That did not, what? And had pleasure. Trick or truth. They, you cannot. It is an impossibility for you to be deceived with this in your hand and in your heart and the Holy Ghost inside of you. you it, it is an impossibility for you to be deceived unless you get all. All right, so... Here we go, all right. Uh, 1 John 5.14. Now this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Got to have, Sister Beth, thank you. Got to have confidence in your prayer. Yeah. Got to, got to have confidence. Okay? That if we ask anything according to His will, Amen. not my will, Thy will. Here. Again, I'll take both knees. Okay. If, I mean, somebody that's that powerful, he's got my attention. All right. And uh, okay. Uh, 1 John 2, 28. And now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Come on. You really get that right? We have got We need to be, we need to be anticipating and excited about the possibility of the soonness of his coming. Not afraid, not that, oh, oh boy, I'm not sure that I'm going to make it. Come on, amen. Come on, folks, mm -hmm. seriously. Mm -hmm. We need to build 
We need to build our confidence, not in what we're seeing. We gotta build our confidence in our prayer that if we ask according to His will and it comes to pass, we are building ourselves. We gotta build our confidence in the Word of God, and we've got to build our confidence in one another. I am absolutely confident, Mason, that you are one of the nicest boys I've ever met in my life. The guy sitting next to you, it's a question mark. <laughs> no, you understand? I am, listen, I am confident. Confident. Mark, Denise. that you are in this with all of your heart. I am absolutely, that's what that Paul writing, he wrote to the book of Thessalonians, or Church of Thess- Thessalonians, I think it was, and he said, I am confident in you. Mm-hmm. And it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Confident we gotta be we gotta build our confidence in our prayer. We gotta build our confidence in, in the word of God. Trust the word of God. And we gotta build our confidence in one another. We gotta believe in each other. We gotta encourage each other. We gotta help our young people to understand that what the world is portraying, those statistics do not apply. You understand? The ten, the ten virgins, okay? The five foolish does not apply. I say, well, what? What do you mean? Well, I'm, because I'm confident that I am living for God in such a way that when the cry of the bridegroom comes at midnight, that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go. The five foolish need not apply. (laughs) Right? Come on. on, There's no need to be... People look at that and they say, Oh man, that means 50% of the church is toast. (laughs) Am I one of them? Well, you keep thinking like that and you might be. Put up okay. All right, I'm gonna close it. Hebrews 10, 35-39. Thanks, brother. Hope you're doing good. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. He says. But you need to have endurance for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. 
But we are not those. We're not the five foolish who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Wow. Is that powerful? And I close with closing scripture. Acts 28, 31. Listen to this. The last scripture recorded in the book of Acts. Somebody read that. What an ending. Amen. This is Paul, man. Go ahead. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness of speech. That must be that old King James Version. Paul closes out the book of Acts. Or Luke closes. He, he's closing out. The, the book of Acts is still being read. Right? Yes. You and me. Hallelujah. I know we look at it and say, oh, God, like I'm writing that book. Well, the Bible says you live in the epistle. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what it said? What it says? Somebody's reading you. Come on. They're reading you. Hello. They're reading you. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern Jesus Christ with all confidence. Read you Go ahead. This is our good man Paul. Joe wasn't there. <laughs> All right, let's stand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Truth. Truth. I I don't know what takes place next week. I'm not overly concerned about it. I mean, I am right. But. He's in control. Amen. So, That's right. Amen. if God's in control, and I'm, I'm being submissive to His will, then what what can I do, right? Other than pray and have confidence that you know that He's not going to throw me in jail. <laughs> <laughs> we can have the peace which passes all understanding yep. and at what time I am afraid I will trust in him praise God hallelujah alright appreciate each and every one of you